Welcome to the Troy Kearns Podcast, where we talk all things real estate, business, and entrepreneurship. I am super pumped up to introduce you to not only one of the coolest guys in my program, but somebody that a lot of people look up to, including my son. His name is Ryan Healy, and he was a former Major League Baseball player. He played on the Oakland Athletics, the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Seattle Mariners. Ryan, anybody who gets to that level, first of all, has a competitive nature and a drive that you've never seen before. So I was honored when Ryan joined my program. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to be here. Cool, man. So it was really cool last night. I really got to be in your world, as you put it. And uh, I want to talk about, I want you to tell us your story. You're 30 years old. How did you get to where you're at right now? Man, that's a long story. Baseball is the easiest answer. Baseball has taken me all across the country, but more so all across the world. It's introduced me to some of the most magnificent people that I've ever met in my entire life. And it's taught me lessons that I've actually been able to apply to my, my post-playing career that's really helped my investing uh, take off. So when you say baseball, what do you mean exactly? You just woke up and started playing baseball? Man, baseball was always a passion of mine. And it still is to this day, just in different forms. But it was something my dad and I really bonded over. Um, from a young age, we'll say three, four years old, I was going to the beach with him on family vacations. We would take our RV up to Ventura in Southern California. And I remember still vividly to this day, we would hit wiffle balls on the beach for hours on end. He would throw to me, I would hit. Uh, I would throw to him, he would hit. I would chase the balls down. And for me, it was just such a pure joy that we shared together. And that competition between my father and I grew tremendously as I got older. It got to a point where he coached a lot of my youth teams. And even if he wasn't the head coach, he was always there supporting. He was able to manipulate his work schedule enough. And it's something that I give him a lot of credit for because just like most of us, he works a W-2 job and his time was controlled by his employer. But he made it clear to his employer that his family was his priority. And more importantly, his kids were his priority, that he wanted to be there for all those events. And we would spend hours upon hours in our batting cage and to the point where we bought a new house when I was in fifth grade. And he put a batting cage in the backyard so that we could even compete for the. So tell me about that. Like you got a batting cage in the backyard. What did that look like? Man, so we have a pool back there. My parents have the coolest backyard and it's not a massive lot. It's maybe what city? A, uh, they're in West Hills, California. It's maybe a quarter acre and they got a beautiful pool back there. He's done a ton of work with different covered uh, barbecue areas and stuff. But the first thing he did when we moved in the house was he did a batting cage in the backyard. So behind the pool, there was a little concrete slab and then there was grass. So he made the grass all turf, he built, a, he built the batting cage himself, he put all the posts and the footers in, and then he bought the nets. And it was a place for us to have together to use on a consistent basis. And more importantly, it gave me a safe place to be able to just go swing the bat or throw the ball with or without help. It gave me the opportunity to always be doing something outside. So did it actually have one of the pitching machines? No, we didn't have a pitching machine, but my dad's elbow will tell you that it threw plenty of pitches throughout his career. He actually ended up getting a, a tricep surgery, um, I'm saying his mid to late 40s, that he definitely blames me for. But I know, <laughs> yeah, I know he tells me it was well worth it. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. So your relationship with your parents uh, means a lot. And um, I know that that, like, my wife always tells me that you're the biggest softie for children and stuff like that. She recognizes that. So... You, you could have continued to play baseball. You told me that. You could have found a job. You could have worked it. But you really felt like you wanted to you start a family, right? So tell us about your family. So my wife and I have been married for almost four years now. It'll be four years in December. Uh, we got a little girl who's about 15 months. We actually have a little boy on the way to do at the end of January. So I stopped playing baseball for so many reasons. And my daughter was probably the biggest. Um, I, I chose... 
I chose not to miss any moments. And what I learned when I had a couple injuries, I would miss parts of the season, I would be home during the season, seeing new perspectives on how the world kind of functions. I started to realize what I was missing. And what I was gaining while I was playing was always bigger than those things. But once I saw what I was missing, and then I realized having my own child, all the little things, I didn't have to miss anything. Her first steps, her first blabbered words, changing all the diapers, the middle of the nights, her waking up screaming, being able to be that safe place for her, and more importantly, support my wife through it. Uh, first time mother, uh, it, it's a decision that I will never regret, and uh, I, I'm grateful for every single day. So, what is your daughter's name? Colette. Colette. And have you decided on a name for your son? Yeah, we got two, but I'm not sharing that here. Okay. Is it Troy? 100% no. <laughs> is it Ryan? Definitely not. All right. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you give us a five-star review. And we've got content all over the place, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. But we also have a coaching program. If you are looking for a coach, we have the Millionaire Mentorship. And this is a coaching program where I actually help you get your first investment property within the first 90 days or I'll pay you $1,000 cash. That's how confident I am to get you that type of result. I know you might be here and you might be listening, you might be scared, you might not wanna take action, but that is not going to get you where you wanna be. And obviously if you're listening to this podcast right now, you want to take action and you're trying to gather the information, but maybe you're confused. Maybe you're just like a lot of people that I've talked to, you're scared of losing money, you wanna become financially free, but you don't know where to start. And that's exactly what I help you to do in this program. So do yourself a favor, Book a call with me and my team, and let's get the ball rolling. The link is in the description, and we'll put it in the video right here, right now. Thanks. Hope you enjoy the show. Last night, I got to see you in your world, and I want to talk a little bit about that because if you guys don't know, like, Ryan is a super generous guy, like, with his time. He's a workhorse. He's actually not only... And this just will just kind of talk to his character. So when I had first started the program... Like anything that you're building or you've never done it before, you don't know where you're going. You just know where you want to go and you're going to figure out a way to get there. And early on, I had identified a couple guys as, as coaches and Ryan was like, well, I want to be a coach. And he wasn't one of the guys I identified. And, but he put himself in that and he's actually become... I took that personally too, by the way. <laughs> just like I took Spanish. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, he, he might've took it personally, but rather than taking it personally, he rose to the occasion and put himself in the driver's seat. And since then has probably been a ringleader and a leader more than anything in terms of starting a junior coaching call, right? In terms of rallying people around, coming out to Kansas City. And now he's helping me build out the sales program. And now he's in my world, right? So you've seen a lot behind the scenes Seeing all of that, how has your perspective changed from a baseball player to now somebody who's involved in not only real estate, but several other businesses? You know, I felt like I started at 30 years old so behind the eight ball because I had zero work experience and I didn't recognize initially that- Zero? Zero. Like never had a job? Never had a job. I, I played baseball or sports year rounds and my parents were always so gracious. They were able to support my passions. Um, I literally never worked a job. I drove for Uber 
one off season in the minor leagues, and I think I did three trips, and I decided I hated it. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> Strangers in my car, no thank you. All right, hold on. Let's 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 stop right there. This is you were an Uber driver, Troy. You gotta understand when you're in the minor leagues, you're making about eight hundred dollars a month after taxes. No, no, no. I I, I think it's great. I'm not. So not in the off season, I had free time. But and you made I, three cars, three drives. I think I did three trips, and did I you get five stars. Mm, I, I had to. I mean, I was high quality, but I remember vividly I was sitting in downtown LA at a gas station at 2 a.m. waiting to pick up a person, and I remember taking them home. And when I got home at 2 or 3 a.m. that night, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I'm saying, Ryan, you better figure out how to play baseball really well because this ain't for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. I figured out. I mean, it was yeah. extra motivation for me to get to the major leagues, and once I got there, I didn't have to worry about Uber anymore. You know, you bring up an interesting thing, though. Like, you got to do what it takes sometimes, you know? And sometimes you do what it takes to realize that you don't want to do that. Like, and that's no offense to anybody who's out there driving Uber or whatnot. In fact, people in Mexico are making $100 a day driving Uber, which is like 10 or 15 times the average wage there. So I think it's a great business and a great side hustle, but it's probably... For your ambitions, is not really the high point that you wanted to reach. This goes really into something that I learned a lot through my playing career, which was time management and valuing my time. And for me, our schedule was we were eight months on nonstop. I'm working seven days a week, minimum 12 hours a day. Like that was just my life, eight hours or eight, eight months out of the year. So I would have four months off where I could do anything that I wanted. And I learned how to value my time and where I wanted to spend it. So I always valued time more than money. So I had to figure out how to make money while still valuing my time. That's why real estate investing really spoke to me. And that's why the entrepreneur journey is what I wanted to really embark on. So fast forward to now, you've gone through the program, you've had a ton of success in that. And now you're in the program helping other people and still learning and still growing and still wanting to be involved on deals. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? What, what would be like a dream scenario let's talk about like the actual dream i'll paint a little bit of picture of what i've done since i stopped playing i'm to the point now where i work about seven different jobs and i get to control the time that i put into those jobs separately i won't go through the entire list but they all have a blend of my passions which is real estate and baseball and entrepreneurship i've been able to create a couple of my own businesses uh, i do some hitting lessons on the side and the mentorship is where i saw a lot of, saw a lot of opportunity with all of the interviews that I'd done and all the other mentorships that I signed up for and I did, I saw what the, the quality mentors were able to do to scale their programs. And I knew that Troy had the quality information and the proof of concept. It was done because he's been living it for so long. All I saw was opportunity within the program and I just wanted to be a part of it. I believed in the man, I believed in the message, and I believed in the formula to financial freedom, and I just wanted to find a way to add value. I did not worry about what my monetary value was going to be on the front end. I just knew that I had time to give, and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, now you got like no time, right? I got no time, you keep me real busy. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think that uh, Ryan's has showed me what I've always known about him from day one, which is if you, you don't get to the major league baseballs by being a quitter or somebody who's not willing to work through uh, adversity, work through troubles and grind it out and has reinvented himself as a dynamite sales guy is probably as Stan Way, one of our um, coaches has said is that like Ryan is extremely trainable. He told Brendan Kelly, our um, one of our partners that basically if this guy, if, if this guy doesn't work, it's your fault, right? He told him that the other day. So 
Last night, uh, you were generous and donated your time, and we went and uh, rented out a batting cage over in Kearney, Missouri, at uh, what was the name of that? Full, full count. Full count. Full count um, batting cage, and even cooler, Lucas May, former big leaguer, um, guys from Missouri, and oh, once he stopped playing, I believe he told me in 2012 he stopped playing. He said he opened this facility, and he's been running it for the last nine years. And I'll tell you what, I've seen dozens upon dozens of different facilities open up and close so fast because the overhead eats them alive, and they don't know how to maximize the business. The fact that Lucas is still up and running, and he's doing a phenomenal job over there, it was cool to pick his brain a little bit about the entrepreneur journey and running his own business. But more importantly, it was cool to connect with some 9- and 10-year-olds. And it really brought back a lot of my love and passion for the game that you forget about when it turns into a job. And I got emotional last night when we got home because the team was so generous to me that you would think me spending my time there, yes, yada, yada, playing the major leagues, doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to me. At this point, though, they were so generous that they wrote me a thank you card. They had every single player on the team sign a ball for me. Do you know how cool it is? I get to go home with a sign ball for the Dodgers 9U team, and I get to share this story with all of my athletes that I that I had trained with back home. So that really was a, a touching moment for me. Yeah, and, and not to mention, though, how many – it was so cool, like, watching that whole thing happen. At first, they're like, do you have any questions? And, like, one little hand goes up, and everybody's just like – you know, I was like, oh, these kids don't got questions, but it was just, they were all nervous, right? And then all of a sudden it's like rapid fire where people were literally having to say, okay, we're done asking questions because they were running the gamut on that. And then we got into, you know, in your zone where you're coaching these kids. And I was, as you know, watching everything. And I'm like, oh man, he's really a good coach. Like watch that part of the ball, do this, do that, do the other thing. And I can tell you that that single moment of their lives, like I got a text from my neighbor, Eli's mom, said that he came in glowing, right? And this is the little kid who was opening my car door driving down the road the other day. And so it just goes to show you that like how big of an impact someone can have on a child and how big of an impact you had on those children last night. And it might not have been a big deal for you, but it was a huge deal for the coaches, for the coaches' parents, for everybody in that facility, for me, you know what I mean? So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. My son is in love with you, as you probably know. You know, I give my parents a lot of credit for that because since we've been grown up, uh, we got jobs, you know, I got two sisters, we all work, and we stopped exchanging presents for holidays um, because we valued presents over the physical presents. We've always valued our time together more than anything else. And for me, that's one of my core values now. And that's the whole reason why I stopped playing baseball. I wanted to be present for my daughter. I want to be present for my wife. I wanted to be physically there and emotionally involved in every step of the way. And that tailors into my decision to fly out here, obviously for work, to, to see you, Troy, and, and get, get a lot of things done. But when he, when he mentioned that he wanted me to work with the, the young guys team, the 9U the Dodgers team, it... it it was an easy decision for me because I work in real estate all day where I might be a fish out of water at times. I'm really starting to catch my stride in specific things. But we walked into the baseball facility last night and I'm flipping to these young kids in the cage and Troy's in there filming. He's next to me. And I looked him dead in the eye and I said, you're in my house now. This, yeah, this is my domain. This is, this is my domain in here. I know exactly what's going on in this cage and you yeah. got no clue what's happening. And yeah. that was a good feeling for me because he's my mentor. Like I learn from him constantly. So to have that kind of a role reversal in that moment, 
I think it was a, a humbling moment for, for us both to share. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, I, I just, you know, I never, as I, said, I think I told you earlier, no, I know what it takes to get to a certain level in life and to get to the major league, to learn yesterday that, A, there's only been 19,000 people who have ever made it to the major league baseball. It's a very small club. It's a very small brotherhood. And no matter where you're feeling your real estate journey is, like the fact that you've made it there tells me that wherever you aim your target, you're going to succeed at. And I know everybody has insecurities and doubts in themselves until they build that confidence. But I know uh, the work ethic that it takes to get to that level. And so I want to kind of take a left turn a little bit. And I want you to share the impact that you've had with and the things that you've learned from other students in the program because as you're seeing like the cool thing for me as somebody who has done this as a lost leader for the last year and a half or last two years because the social media counts as year one but last two years i've just lost money because i've known that the the end justifies the means and and it's been so rewarding like we just got back from emer mesa and you saw the big old smile on his face Tell me that, how that makes you feel and tell me about some of the things that you've learned from people in the program. I can't tell you how much it warmed my heart to meet Emer in person for the, first, for the first time and the big bear hug that I got from him <laughs> on the, the entrance and the exit. I mean, you feel like I've known this guy for 20 years. And the reason why is because I gave him so much of my time, even away from the group calls, to help him just gain some confidence in his decision-making ability. And I don't know why, but it's, it's apparently a gift that I have of instilling confidence within people. And I have to do it with myself a lot because there's so much of the imposter syndrome that I'll battle on the front end here because I don't have a 10-year professional career walking into real estate that I can share with these people. What I can share is my experiences, the action that I've taken, and the firsthand transactions that I've been a part of. That's real-life knowledge. And it may not be 25 years of experience that you have, Troy, but I'm learning directly from him. Do I know all the answers? Absolutely not. But I know some and I can share with the people that are joining our program that don't know anything about real estate or have even been doing it for years. Whether you are an experienced investor or you're just starting out, I've been involved in so many transactions up to this point that I don't feel like a newbie anymore. And the imposter syndrome is starting to waste away a little bit and that doubt is starting to creep out of me because the confidence is growing. What I love to tell people all the time that ask me what I'm doing, because that's a hard answer for me. I'm doing so many things. I tell people all the time, I know exactly where I'm going. I just don't know how I'm getting there yet. And I'm figuring that out every single day. So you're living in Phoenix, Arizona, or you're living in Scottsdale, Arizona right now. Um, Where do you see yourself living, raising your family? And what does your rental portfolio look like in the next five years? Where my family will be living is tough. I think my wife and I have conversations all the time. I mean, I've lived all across the country and the world at this point, so I don't feel bound to one location. We make decisions that are best for our family and the best for our opportunity. So for right now, Arizona's home, and my guess is we'll be there for quite, quite some time until decisions change, opportunities arise, whatever it might be. But we, my wife and I have committed ourselves to being in Arizona because that's just where we need to be. We need to be in the present. We need to be right here, right now. Um, My rental portfolio, in the long term, what I see happening is I'm going to buy at least 10 properties a year. I want 100 properties in the next 10 years. And he tells me that goal's too low. Totally is. And I'll prove myself wrong at some point. 100% it's low. In the next five years, though, if I don't have 50 rental properties, I've done something tremendously wrong. All right. We're talking rental properties. 
You've you've already almost got ten. How many did you got? I got eight right now. Eight. So you'll have ten before the end of the year. Okay. You think? Yeah, I already got two hundred contracts. You haven't started really flipping hardcore yet. No, I. It's the strategy we talk about with our, our students that come in. Everyone has a different formula. I'm an interesting breed because I had money. Um, I need to prove a concept. I need to gain a lot of confidence in what I was doing. You always tell me you were a slow starter, and you remind me that Ryan, you might be a slow starter. But once you once you hit your stride, you don't stop. And I, I, I tell myself that. And we've talked about the flipping becoming more priority. I've done some flips. I've done mostly partnerships with flips. But I think I still got a sour taste in my mouth from the mobile home flips that I did in Arizona. Yeah, that, so yeah we got to shake that off 100% because I think you need to get it flipped this year. I think that needs to be a goal in, in, in Birmingham. We need to get you a flip. 100%. Like within the next 30 days. That's cha- going to be a personal challenge to you because I think you saw Don Alder just took option, took action, another one of our students. But I think that what happens is when you make a mistake, and the reason I – was a slow start was because I didn't have any mentors besides like one who told me to do a very conservative way. And I'm, I'm glad the way I started, which was making a ton of mistakes, right? Because the ability I think that we both have in common is there's no quit. Mm-mm. And you might be like, Oh, I want to stay away from this or I want to stay away from that. But really having no quit is something that is going to separate you from everybody. And I think that right now, the goal of I want to have 100 properties in 10 years seems like a ridiculous goal, probably even for you to say, but I know who I'm dealing with. And I've watched how fast you've transitioned from your sales journey, which was at the beginning. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like I was pushing myself. I kept telling Troy, I don't know if I'm your guy. Like, I, I don't know if I'm your guy. And I was like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know. I, I don't know if you are either. I said, oh, you, you, that's what you think. Okay, cool. Watch this. Yeah, no. And then just, I was like, whoa, and I'm a very transparent person. I think, you know, and I'm like, wow, this guy really can change and study and learn. So I think that I think, you know, I always back people off on their goals if I think they're too high, and I always extend them when they're too low. And I think 100 properties is way too low for you. I think you could do at least two or 300 before. And I'm not a master salesman by any stretch, honestly. You give me confidence to be the salesman because you teach me more about the structure and the flow of it. But the only reason why I'm a salesman is because I have a product that I believe in and I have proof of concept. I'm out here trying to sell any and everything. I'm selling you something I'm doing. I'm selling something that I fully believe in, and for me, it doesn't feel like sales at that point. It just feels like conversation and there is specific ways to structure those conversations. That's what I'm learning. I'm applying the coaching that I'm getting from that and I'm able to help the program grow because of it. All right, so let's kind of wrap a couple things up and I want to ask two final questions. Number one, if somebody's out here listening to you, maybe they're saying, oh man, well you're major league, how can I relate to a major league baseball player? But you're just a regular guy and that's what people need to understand. But somebody who's trying to get started in real estate and scared to get started the biggest common question is i don't know where to start probably the same thing that you had what would you tell them even if they don't join our program what advice would you share with them there is so much free information on the internet that if you have an inkling or interest in something whether it's real estate investing or not do some research on it talk to some people that are doing it actively Figure out if that's a lifestyle that makes sense to you or if that's a formula that you want to start to execute. And the biggest thing that I've learned is that your excuses are reasons not to start. And if you want an excuse, you'll constantly find one. Right, totally. But for me, yes, I do feel like a regular guy because I'm just like everyone else. You are. I was just able to... 
I was able to capitalize on the opportunities that I created for myself throughout my life. And that's what I've learned throughout my post playing career is I need to figure out new opportunities and then I need to capitalize on them when I see them. And how do I do that? By putting myself in the right positions at the right time. And what do you think the biggest thing now coming from the sales side of things, hearing the common objections of, I need to think about it. I need to talk to someone. What's another one you might've heard? Oh God, let me talk to my wife. Now's not the right time. It, it's it's endless. And that was the hardest thing for me when I started because I took it personally. Right. And the reason why I took it personally is because I know what the program offers. And you I know, know what they're missing out. Yes. And yeah. I'm like, you guys have the opportunity to reach your hand out and grab the world by the horns and take complete control of it. But the problem is people have never felt that in anything they do. Right. Because they've always been working for someone else, creating something for someone else. They've never built something for themselves. So they right. have no vision. They have no perspective on what that looks like. Right. And, and one final thought is, what is the most encouraging thing that you could say to somebody who is struggling with anything? It doesn't have to be real estate, but maybe they're struggling with alcoholism or depression, or maybe they're struggling just with like purpose. What would you say to them as somebody who has made decisions and has changed their lives and has had to adjust from their whole DNA. Cause I'm, you said your baseball was everything, right? So what would you say to them? I have three things that I really live my life by. And if you ask anyone close to me, they would be able to recite this because I am obsessed with processes, not results. I obsess over the controllables, not the things that I can't control over. Those are two, two things that I obsess over in my everyday life. If I don't have control over something, I have to let it go. Right. I had to learn that in my playing career because there's so many things that I was out of my control on a daily right. basis. Right. So I had to obsess over the controllables and I had to obsess over the small details that I could control within that process. Because I knew if I repeated the process successfully enough times, the results would follow. Right. Whether that's real estate investing, whether that's entrepreneurship, or whether that was baseball. Right. It's the same processes. Right. So one final thought. If you teach people how to play baseball as well in Scottsdale, Arizona, mm -hmm. somebody wants to get hitting lessons, become a better baseball player, would you be willing to teach them? 100%. How would they get a hold of you? I mean, Instagram, um, I mean, my number's out there all over the place at this point. I have the same cell phone number since I was 10 years old. So <laughs> call me. It's 818-429-9484. If you're spam, I'll block you. If you got value, if you want something, like, give me a call. I'm right. here. And how many home runs did you hit in the, the major leagues? 69 home runs in the major leagues. How many did you hit off that one dude? Oh, the Masahiro Tanaka? Yeah, that guy. I hit two home runs on Father's Day. That was my that was my thank you present to my dad after all the years of help. How, pr how proud was he? Very. How strong is that bond between you and your father? Very much so. Right. And that was cool. Like, honestly, I was taking notes from you about how to be a bit better father, even though you don't have a son yet. But I was like learning that maybe I'm too tough on these guys and I need to work on throwing the ball more than versus being this guy, the screaming militant father, which I still think there's a place for that. But maybe you know, building that bond with your son and stuff like that. I was taking notes on that from you. So I think that you're going to be a great father. And I think your father should, is very proud of you. If, if not, you've already mentioned that he is. So um, that's got to feel really good. I really want to say thank you for coming out to Kansas City, Missouri, for help, for pushing your way into the program because and that's, that goes for anybody out there who's listening. Like if you want something bad enough, you got to push your way in. And that's exactly what he did. And I'm the lucky one for it. So thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. I got to backtrack on one thing. I said there was three things. I only went through two. I know. I let you. Control the controllables. 
Process over results. And the last one is, I don't care what you're struggling with. I don't care what you're contemplating. Find a way to stack a small win. Whether it's going to the gym, whether it's choosing water over soda, I don't care what it is. Make yourself aware of what the wins are and start stacking them because there's a massive snowball effect with this. If you're battling with something, if you're battling with anything mentally, physically, it doesn't matter to me. All I care is that you find a way to take a tiny step forward. Find a way to stack your small wins and more importantly, find a way to measure your small wins because those small wins will snowball into something that you could never imagine. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And guys, peace. Are you interested in investing in real estate, but you don't feel like you got the time to take a coaching program? I get it, right? You're busy, you're making money, and that's okay, but you want to invest with me because you're like, Troy, I like what you do. I see what you're doing. You're a real deal. Yes, I am. I'm an average Joe. I worked at Burger King. I worked at Red Robin. I started investing in real estate, and I started from absolutely nothing. And I will take you along with my journey and you can get all the benefits, but you got to be an accredited investor. If you want to invest with me and you want to be a part of something great and you don't have the time, guess what? We're launching a fund that you can be a part of, but you got to be an accredited investor. And if you want to find out more about what that looks like, all you got to do is click the link and we'll show you exactly what that looks like. And guess what? If you're not an accredited investor, then you may down the road be a credit investor. So definitely learn what that's all about and enjoy the podcast and we'll see you on the next one.